Testing, recording. Oh wait, we're recording? Right, welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You From? Thank God I got the name of the title right this time. Uh, I'm trying to think of a theme tune, but all that goes around in my head is which I just don't think is the right theme, but it's it's just the kind of sound that keeps going through my head. So if anyone out there has some kind of musical knowledge and wouldn't mind helping me with the podcast, that would be much appreciated. So we are a podcast by a 20-something millennial learning about life as a British-born Chinese. I'm Viv, the host of the podcast, and in this series that I like to call the Lockdown Series, we're going to talk about life as a BBC, and not Big Black Cock, as someone rudely insinuated on my Facebook. I didn't actually understand the joke. Some, some, uh, one of my friends actually wrote in my Facebook post and said, oh, I just googled what BBC stood for and it came up with a few acronyms. And then I went back and said, oh, lol, it's not to be confused with the, the British Broadcast Corporation, so the BBC. And I just totally didn't get that he was making a joke about big black cocks. Um, so if you've come here for that, you've come to the wrong place. Um, we could happily direct you elsewhere, but unfortunately you won't find any big black cocks here. And let's move on from that because I don't want to say those three words anymore. So the whole point of the series is talking about life as a British-born Chinese, from family life to work, dating, relationships, food, racism and general culture. Hopefully this is an upbeat, relatable podcast to those who are a British-born minority. So if you have any questions, please just slide into my DMs. I'm at Viv the Div. Viv the Div. And that's across all social channels. So yeah, give me a follow. Also, I was so surprised to see, especially I went to bed at 2am and I woke up probably around 9am because I needed my sleeps. Um, and I woke up to so many messages from people saying that they'd listen to the podcast, which I couldn't believe. I thought I'd just put it out there into the ether and I'd have my sisters listen to it and that's it and my brother-in-law. But I had so many people message me on Instagram saying that they'd actually listen to the podcast, which I was really, really humbled by actually. So that was very kind. So thank you very much. It's probably mostly my friends taking the piss out of me behind my back. But do you know what? Screw you. Anyway, we're moving on. Um, I don't even know who I'm talking about, to be honest. All my friends are lovely. Um, but I wanted to read out a couple of comments from people that um, slid into my DMs. And there was this one message that I got that really, really made me quite sad, but also really, really heartwarmed at the same time. So this girl, I asked her for her permission before I could share this message, and she said that was absolutely fine. She said... This is exactly what I didn't know I needed in my life, which was very kind. My mum's British-born Chinese, so I'm going to get her to listen later. So many things, events in your life that you talk about that are so relatable. Please, please keep being awesome. I can't wait to listen more. And then she, I replied back to her saying thank you so much, etc. And then she mentioned that she's half Chinese and half English. I found it so hard being a minority when I was younger. I remember the first time my mum tried to explain that she was Chinese to me and I just didn't understand what it meant to be different. 
In primary school, a boy chased me around calling me racist names. So when I went home, I remember sitting and looking in the mirror, trying to figure out what made me look Chinese. I couldn't work it out because my eyes aren't full English, but they aren't full Asian either. I realised it was the epicanthal fold. Just had to Google that lol. I don't know what that means, but I'll take your word for it. And if I pinched the sort of my bridge on my nose, it pulled the fold, making my eyes look more English. So that, so that night, I pegged my nose and tried to sleep with it on, thinking I'd wake up in the morning with more English-looking eyes. Oh, that makes me so sad. I experienced racism all through primary and high school, and I was about 19 when I started to actually love being different and proud to be mixed race. When I was younger, the only place where I felt comfortable slash proud and in touch with my heritage was bloody Chi Yip, which is a Chinese supermarket in Manchester, which my family used to go to as well. I used to ask my parents to take me all the time as it was the only place really where I got to experience being around other Chinese and Asians and so I knew nobody would look at us funny or name call. I live in a village near, I'll, I'll leave out the name of the village, so there was no other Chinese people around. My dad also died four years ago and I remember being scared that when he was sick and when he passed away he wouldn't be there to sort of protect us. So like in out in public it felt as though nothing would happen if he was there because he was English whereas if it was just me, my mum and my brother without him it wouldn't be as safe if that makes sense. I can't really explain it and then she asked me kind of questions about whether we've experienced racism with coronavirus um, and that she's seen loads of racist tweets and her mum has experienced quite a lot of it when out and about. So that's quite an interesting topic that I think we're going to touch on later on in another episode. Some things that I took away from those messages is just the fact that what she's gone through in terms of being mixed race and not really fitting in in being British or English and then also not really fitting in with being Chinese as well. Um, but I love the fact that she says that she used to go to Chi Yip and feel kind of really at home there. And as she's gotten older, very similar to my thoughts on being Chinese, I started to accept it a lot more. And it sounds like she went through the same thing as well. So thank you very much to the person who sent that in. Um, and then I had a message from another person as well. So they messaged me and said, hi, I've just listened to your first podcast and just wanted to say I absolutely loved it. Thank you very much. That's so kind. Um, everything that you said about your upbringing, the way you feel about where you belong, etc, etc. I 100% resonate with even the short eyesight and bad at maths part. Haha. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever met and she's put in inverted commas because we haven't met, but we, we can through through the virtual world of podcasting and me sat in our study talking to you right now um who has shared the same experience as me growing up same as you where we live there wasn't many other minorities and we didn't even live near cousins I feel the same as you also on the point of getting older and feeling more of a connection to our culture and heritage and mainly wanting to find out more I moved to Hong Kong for about 10 months after graduation and it made me feel really, really proud of the Chinese Hong Kong culture and it definitely helped me with my Cantonese as well. That's good because I've always wanted to do that because every time I go back, even if it's just for two weeks, my Cantonese improves at least by 5%. But yeah, and then she said, now not as good. Now, not as good now that I'm back. Um, so thank you so much to those people who have shared their thoughts and I'm just so glad that even just those two people found it relatable and felt like there was a need for this type of podcast so that's truly warmed my heart um, in all honesty so and it and it also means that my gut instincts were right in the sense that 
there wasn't any type of podcast that represents us. And so let's use this But Where Are You From podcast as a way to bring us all together. And also there's lots of amazing bloggers out there that are doing amazing things. So Michelle Chai is one of them. She's formed a British-born Chinese Facebook group which talks about these topics. So I really highly implore that you go and have a look at her Facebook group. And she's called Daisy Butter as a blogger too. And she does really great things with talking about British culture. And she writes so eloquently on her blog about these types of topics. Very in-depth and very, very deep topics too with regards to racism and our culture. So definitely check her out. That's Daisy Butter. Um, her name's Michelle Chai. Um, and then who's the other person? Oh yeah, so um, Deja Zhu. She is a YouTuber. Uh, I don't know whether you guys already know her. She's called Shu. She's a London-based vlogger, presenter and writer. And I think the BBC have just commissioned a series with her talking about being British Chinese. So that's also worth checking out. I've not actually... It was it launched in February, actually, from the looks of things. So I definitely need to check that out and maybe reach out to her too and see whether she wants to be on the podcast. Who knows? Um... Yeah, so those two are definitely two girls who are worth checking out who really shine a light on being British-born Chinese. So maybe that could be a segment. We could do a shout-out to British-born Chinese people who are doing really cool things in this country. Let me know what you think. So we're going to keep this really light-hearted and happy. Um, my mum's cooking dinner downstairs, so I might have to nip out for a bit and just eat first because... Food always comes first, um, but I'll definitely be back to finish the podcast. I don't know why I'm telling you, because it makes no difference to the people listening. You would have never known if I went downstairs to eat some food. Anyway, so our topics for today are casual racism and stereotypes. So this is a big topic to unpack. But like I said, this is meant to be a fun, uplifting podcast. It's meant to be a form of escapism where we can just get away from, well, we, we can't get away from the world because we're all locked in. But, you know, just stop thinking about the news for a minute. Stop thinking about all the shitty things that are going on in the world. And we can just talk about funny shit and unfortunate shit that's happened to me in my lifetime. So, yeah, I mean, I've written down a few, but I'm sure some memories will surface out of... Um, me repressing them from years ago. So in school, I was picked on. It wasn't actually that bad, if I'm being honest. I can only really think of a few incidences where I felt like there were proper racial attacks. Um, myself and my sister, luckily, because we had the two of us and we were twins, we we gained friends really quickly and we had a really tight-knit group of friends around us who were able to just look after us if anything happened but nothing really did to be honest but I just remember there was this one kid and he was called Zach I won't give his surname away because I'm sure I don't know he might just find out somehow he only lives down the road for me now anyway but he was called Zach and he was just one of those kids that always caused trouble in school he was always in detention always in isolation and he came from a good family as well. He just was just had some issues with behavioural issues, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure my sister probably would say it was something to do with kind of, I don't know, ADHD. Anyway, so when I was in like year 10, we were actually friends. We were part of a kind of neighbourhood group where we all hang out together. And for some reason, I can't remember, we must have had an argument about something. But he 
it, this was outside of school where he called me a chink and then I knew him obviously quite well and so I wasn't scared of him I was just like don't call me chink but he rode off like a little pussy on his bike and so the next day in school I remember um, I saw him round the art block and the art block was kind of quite far away from the playground and it was hidden so you couldn't really you weren't meant to hang out there but you couldn't really see what was going on around there. I remember seeing him there. And at the time, I don't know whether anyone else uh, had them at the time, but we, Rockports were in fashion. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe that they were ever in fashion. They were so ugly. Yeah, my mum spent like 120 quid on my birthday to buy some disgusting Rockports. And th I hope they never come back into fashion because they are so gross. And I remember seeing him behind the art block and I, I can't remember if, if I was with my friends or not but I just remember being so angry at the fact that he called me a chink that I went up to him started shouting at him and the next thing I remember was him being on the floor and me kicking him in the stomach with my rock ports on I don't actually remember how it got from him <laughs> god it's so bad when you talk about it out loud I don't remember the point at which he fell on the floor so I feel like I just went into a blind rage which I never really had before but he he had it coming and so I beat up Zach with my rock ports uh, for calling me a chink and then I remember the head teacher Mr Long he came around the corner he clearly saw what was going on he just literally let me off because he knew obviously knew that I was this good little Asian kid could do no wrong and Zach, obviously, he knew what he was like in terms of he, him being a little terror. So he just literally saw me kicking him on the floor and I just kind of walked off. And I never got followed up with it or anything. So he, he probably thought that Zach deserved it. And if I saw him now, I'd probably just bring it up as a joke and just see whether he remembered that and, and whether I really did hurt him or not because it must have been quite painful, but hilarious nonetheless. And then we'd get kind of people usually in the year above us or below us usually in the, the guys in the year above us just calling us chinks every so often which you know get a new joke get a new insult why is it always the same word again and again what does it even mean get something new but actually this this one guy he was actually quite creative with his insult so don't suppose anyone remembers watching austin powers and there was two i think there were japanese twins in the Austin Powers movie called Fuck Me and Fuck You. And so obviously me and my sister being Asian twins in school, I remember this one tall lanky ginger kid, he kept calling us Fuck Me and Fuck You. And I remember feeling so angry. And now it's just a funny anecdote that we can tell, but at the time, I really felt like we had no one to turn to. Like we just had to take it. And if we told anyone, I don't think it even crossed our minds to tell any teacher. So he just got away with that. But I don't even remember his name, so I couldn't even troll him even if I wanted to. There was this, um, we had this really creepy English teacher. I, I won't say his name. I actually can't remember his name anyway, to be honest. But um, he was a good English teacher, but he, he was just, he had creepy vibes. And I remember one time we were all writing in silence. We were writing an essay in silence. And then he just came up to me whilst I was writing and he said, and I remember this verbatim, what he said, you have hands like a China porcelain doll. 
Now, I don't know whether that's casual racism because China porcelain isn't kind of related to being Chinese, I don't think. But it was just fucking weird. <laughs> it was just weird that he would say that to a 14-year-old who never thought about her hands. Like, I never really looked at my hands and thought, oh, I've got nice I just thought, they're my hands. And then he made them into some kind of weird sexualized object almost it's really creepy but apart from that school wasn't too bad we were really lucky in that sense and managed to get by without any kind of trauma really that I can think of I'm just trying to think whether there's any more but I think where I saw more casual racism happening was in the workplace and I can think of two particular instances where people would just say certain things and I'd be like, hmm, that's not okay. Do you know when you start to, as you get a bit older, you learn what's right from wrong and what you can tolerate versus what you can't. And I remember this one man who would always say hello to me. And at first it was funny, but after a few times of him saying that, it kind of wore a bit thin. And also saying hello to a Chinese person isn't right. That's stereotypically a Korean person can't pronounce their L's as opposed to a Chinese person. My mum can pronounce her, her L's just fine, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, so that kind of wore quite thin towards the end of the time that I worked there, actually. And then I remember there was a guy in an office that I worked with and we, we'd have a bit of banter and stuff and um, he, he was a lovely, lovely person. But I remember just sitting at lunch, um, just sat by my desk, eating the most kind of nondescript thing. It must have been like couscous or wrap or salad, something really plain. And then he just turned to me out of the blue without any, without any type of context and just went, oh, is that dim sum you're eating? And then he looked at me and he started laughing. I was just like, no, but you, how am I going to take that? Like... I kind of laughed it off, but then I was kind of like, fuck off, I'm trying to eat my lunch. Please, can a girl not go by and just eat their lunch without some kind of casual racism being thrown her way? We kind of notice these things and we take them in and we harbour them. And then we think about them months later, because that was like two, three years ago now. I don't even remember. And I still think about that now and I'm like, hmm, if I was anyone else, if I didn't take that as a joke, would what would have happened then in that situation could I have gone to HR and said this person just said this and I don't feel okay with it what would actually happen in those circumstances I wonder or would that person have been reprimanded in any way and if so what type of punishment do you give to someone do you just give them a verbal warning like and then that makes things awkward between you and that co-worker then you feel guilty for saying something so what happens in those circumstances and, and often with Chinese culture as well, especially with probably our parents' generation, the thing about making a fuss, they always are like, oh, mug my fan, don't cause a fuss. And so usually things like this are swept under the carpet. And especially we see that documented in the press as well, where Chinese people just don't go on record to talk about things in the press because they just don't want people knowing they're so I wonder whether you guys have ever experienced this. I'm pretty sure 
you would have done. Some form of casual racism where you've had stuff said to you as a joke by either friends or colleagues, people that you know, or, I mean, I guess overt racism as well. These stories, I've turned them into funny stories, but back then I was probably a little bit upset by them, but just didn't know how to articulate myself. So if you have any stories, please let me know. Um, and then I also wanted to chat about the stereotypes and whether I fall into any of these stereotypes that we see around Chinese women. This is particularly prevalent when it comes to dating. So one stereotype that I really hate is the thought of Chinese girls being subservient. So that means kind of pandering to your every word, being really like, oh, I'm so cutesy and I'll do anything for you. It's really hard to explain, but almost not being your equal in a sense, which I really hate that stereotype. Anyone who knows me knows that I speak quite a lot about being a feminist and which sounds really extreme. Like, oh my God, she's a feminist. And it's like, yes, I am. I believe in equality for women. Don't you? Um, but I think that the kind of stereotypes of being subservient women is the fact that you listen to what your man says, no matter what. And when it comes to dating, I get extremely cautious when it comes to, especially guys. Oh, my mum's called me down for dinner. Thank you, Anna. So anyway, as I was saying, I've not eaten dinner yet, but I'm going to go in a minute. Uh, <laughs> um, when it comes to guys having dated other Asian people and then assuming that you're going to be similar. So you're going to hold those similar traits to them. So whether that's being family orientated, which I am, um, liking cute things, cute small things specifically, which I do, liking karaoke, which I do, assuming that you love food and taking photos of food, which I do. God damn it. It's so hard to try, and, to try and fight the these stereotypes when you fit so many of them. But when they, when they have that kind of, that hint of yellow fever or Asian fetish, then it makes it really difficult to, for them, for me to think about, do you actually like me for me? Or do you like me because of who you think I am? If you see what I mean? We'll pick back up after I've had my tea. BRB. So after a brief interval, I've come back and I've had my tea. My mum made some lovely sea bass with some hargao dumplings and some vegetables. So that was lovely. And I just spent the time listening back to the podcast and reflecting on what I've just been saying. So we were talking about the fact that I don't like guys who assume that I'm going to to take on these certain characteristics that they might assume from being with a Chinese or Asian person. And so, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Have you ever experienced anything similar at all? I remember I dated this guy very, very briefly. He was a lovely guy in London, worked in finance, good job. He was American, actually. But when it transpired that his ex-girlfriend was Malaysian, his girlfriend before that was Singaporean, the girlfriend before that was Japanese. I was kind of like, hmm, you've got a fetish, don't you? But of course they wouldn't see it in that way. And I've had debates about this, particularly with white men, 
who don't tend to understand what I'm talking about. But for me, if I know that a guy has dated Asian people before, I'm a bit more cautious to start dating them because I kind of just think, oh God, you're going to just assume all these things and you're not actually liking me for me. I think that's the main issue here. So that's one stereotype that I really don't like. Did I do any more from the list or have I just rambled about that? Oh yes, we take photos of our food. I've already said that, but I kind of feel like most people do now. If you look at Instagram culture, everyone seems to be taking a photo of their avocado on toast, their nice coffee, their acai bowls, whatever it might be. And then when it comes to the more general type of stereotypes, so assuming you just eat Chinese food all the time, which is clearly not true. I mean, we're a melting pot of culture here in Britain and I eat all sorts. I eat bat soup. I eat, I'm joking, don't eat bat soup. Um, we eat anything. We go to the pub down the road. We go to the local Italian. We have Pizza Express, Mackey's, KFC. Not at the moment, mind you. Thank God I had my last McDonald's breakfast last week. And then two days ago, I had KFC, so I've had my fix for a while. And then moving on to the slightly less PG topic around the genitalia area. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this on my podcast, but what are you going to do? I work for myself. So there's one stereotype that Asian guys have small willies. Now, I don't know this to be a fact, it's obviously there was some kind of study that happened way back when. But then because of that stereotype, there is this counter stereotype that because Asian guys have small willies, Chinese girls have smaller vaginas. <laughs> oh my God, this is so disgusting. I can't believe I'm saying this. But that in itself is an issue, isn't it? Because... If I was an Asian guy, I would really struggle with dating people because they just assume that my willy was small. And then also being a girl dating, you have these guys who then fetishise you because they think you might have a more compact for JJ, for example, which is so disgusting. And I'm really sorry, truly sorry to anyone who's freaked out by what I just said. But I actually had that written down in my notes. So I thought it was an important point to bring up. Do you know of any more stereotypes? Please let me know. Please slide into my DMs at VivTheDiv across all social media platforms. Um, I'm going to wrap it up here now. I feel like I ended it with a bit of a interesting topic there to do with your willies and vaginas um but if you've enjoyed this podcast then please do share because i'm really enjoying doing these whilst we're in lockdown at the moment i've not even gone onto disney plus yet because i've been recording this podcast and i don't know what i've done with my day i've been working filling in forms doing other bits went out for a walk my one permitted walk of the day and so i really want to go in my room and just binge loads of Disney films. So if you've enjoyed this, please share. I hope you have. Please let me know what you think. As always, this is a work in progress. It's my second time ever doing any type of podcast ever. So really appreciate any feedback that you can give me, 
any stories that you have, anything you want me to share, any topics that you want to talk about, then let me know and then I will consider it for the next episode. I've done this back to back. I recorded the first one yesterday and I feel like I'm on a bit of a roll. However, if I drop off, it's because I'm too busy watching Disney+. Plus. Okay, goodbye. Dun, 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 dun.